doing? Hey there, beautiful earbud coven. It's me, Jodi Ann. I'm here for another episode of the witching half hour or so. Today, we're going to talk about ethics in magic. Pretty big topic. We've got a few things to unpack. So before we get into that, I'm going to just do some housekeeping. I've got some exciting things coming up this spring. March 8th, I'm going to be part of a Women's Day Summit. This is an annual event hosted by Tara Diana, friend of the show. She was on back in season one, episode 12. You can go back in the archive, have a listen and get to know her. There will be lots of amazing presenters at this summit. I'm really happy to be a part of it. I don't have all the information yet. Check out my Instagram. I'll definitely be posting on my Instagram about it at the witching half hour or so. And the website will have information as well. www.jodiannepsychicmedium.com Feb 28th, I'll be teaching at the First United Spiritualist Church. It's our regular development circle there. It starts at 7.30. Information will be on their website. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And I'm also running my new moon manifestation circles. These are free circles. I just want to share this amazing work with you guys. I've been doing moon manifestation for over a year now, and it is changing so much in my life. Blessings are coming, and I want to share that with you guys too. Real powerful intention work. The information for that and to link to sign up is again on my website. I'll put links in the show notes. I'd love to see you there. It's totally free. Just bring yourself. We'll make some magic together. Now today, we're going to talk ethics. This is a big subject, and I'm interested in hearing your feedback about it. So feel free to reach out, drop me an email, drop me a message, comment. I'm only just going to be touching on some things on this topic. Ethics is a huge kind of thing, right? It's a huge topic. There's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of gray areas. And I don't think we're going to come up with answers specifically today, but it's a conversation we can have that we can start to think about so we can bring these ideas to the work we're doing and to our lives. The piece I really want to focus on today is the idea of doing helpful magic for another person, both with and without their permission. Because you can definitely do spell work for another person. I'm a witch and I work for hire. People hire me and I do spell weavings for them and blessings for them and clearings for them. I do that kind of work for my clients. There's ethics involved in it. So ethics definitely plays a part in the work I do for my clients. There are certain workings I will not do. There are certain things you can't hire me for. I will not curse your boss for you. It's just not happening. I'm not going to get involved in that. There's also an equitable exchange between practitioners and clients. I was taught that that equitable exchange, that reciprocation is also tied into our karmatic debt or our karmatic bank account, I guess we can call it, where what we put into the world and what we can take out of the world and what comes to us and what goes from us, that kind of karmatic ideal, the reciprocation being hired is different karmatically 
than when I intend something for myself. Being hired to do really dark or really black magic doesn't get you off the hook karmatically. That is not what I'm saying. There's still responsibility for what you're putting out in the world. It doesn't get you off the hook, right? Like in the mundane world, if you're working for a company that's breaking the law, you are responsible for breaking the law as an employee and they are responsible for breaking the law as a company. There's different grades and levels of responsibility and it's nuanced, right? But I don't want to talk about disrupting magic and hexing. That's not the ethics I want to unpack today. What I want to look at is when we're doing helpful magic, the ethics of being a practitioner, of working for other people, the ethics of doing spell work for others, and the idea of consent in magic, the idea in permission to do magic, the ethics involved in working on someone else's behalf and working with someone. That's the kind of ethics I want to talk about today because it is really gray and there's a lot of thoughts around it. So this is by no means the whole conversation. This is always my opinion on this podcast. This comes from my years of experience. This comes from conversations I've had sipping tea with coven sisters. And so I invite you, my dear earbud coven sister, to come sit beside me and talk about ethics with me. And I want to hear your thoughts. I want this to be a conversation. What are the ethics around doing helpful magic for someone you know? Comment about it. Talk to me about it. What are your thoughts and feelings after listening to this? And I'm going to define this a little bit further. I really mean doing ritual with intention. When I'm talking about doing work for someone you love, I mean real spell work. I'm not including in this the idea of sending a little wish of love or a bit of good vibe or radiating love and light out to people. I want to differentiate between that. I think it is a continuum. There is a scale to it. If you've been in the earbud coven with me for a while, You know that I differentiate between sending intentions and positive energy someone's way and doing spell work. It's on a spectrum. It's a gradient. That's how I like to think of it. The metaphor I'm going to use for this is different kind of cooking you would do for someone you love, for one of your dear friends. Sometimes we have people over and we grab some hamburger buns, and we throw some patties on the barbecue, we throw together a quick salad. Papa, I've cooked for you. Love on a plate for you. Other times, when I have the energy, I will get a specific cut of meat, slow roast it, you're braising it, you know, you're making buns from scratch, you're getting vegetables from your garden, right? And, and you present your, your friends, your little coven sisters with like this epic meal. Neither of these are better than the other. The difference is the amount of time and energy it takes. They're both a show of love. They both have your energy in them. They will both nourish your guests. One has a higher amount of your energy in it. 
and that's the one that takes all day or two or three days to prepare. That's why I differentiate between when you're just sending a quick thought of love about someone and doing ritual spell work where you've taken a ritual bath, you've picked your herbs, you have a specific candle you've bought, you're going to anoint it, you're going to build a cone of energy, and you're going to use so much more of your energy and pull energy from the area, like from the earth and from source in order to weave an intention and cast it out in the world. It's a whole nother layer. It's, it's more than radiating love and light towards people or sending well wishes. They're both good. Neither is better than the other. It's just the amount of oomph and energy and zhuzh and essence you're putting into it. With all that energy and time going into something, we need to ask ethical questions. The first one I ask is, do I have permission to do, to do this work? Consent is huge. I really feel if you do not have consent, it is not ethical. No matter how well intentioned, no matter how much love is behind the work you're doing, consent is so important. We need consent to work on people's behalf. When we're casting spells, we are affecting someone's life path. We are affecting the way that the universe is teaching them lessons. And you may say back, Jodianne, they're in need of healing, or they're in need of help, or my friend is struggling, or they need assistance. You're probably right. They probably do need healing. They probably do need help. They're probably at their wit's end. Maybe there's someone who is terrible at reaching out for help. You still need to ask them, love. Ask them if they want your help. If they say yes, then you have now opened up this discussion with your loved one and your friend about what they would like help with, about what you are offering them. You can have a conversation. Maybe the piece that you thought was important isn't actually what they're working on. Do you know what I mean? Like, like maybe you feel like your friend needs help with, I don't know, um, speaking up with their boss. Let's just pick something crazy, right? And so you were wanting to do a spell so that they felt empowered to speak up for their boss. But once you have a conversation with them, maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe what's coming up is some kind of deep core wound. Maybe this is not about them standing in their power and standing in their voice, but maybe they're unpacking something on a much more personal level that you can't see just by looking at the outside of their life. Maybe it's something really deep and internal. Maybe they're struggling with not their voice, but with maybe they're rageful. Maybe they want to scream at their boss and they're learning how to hold their anger and trying to find a different way of expressing. I don't know. I'm making this all up on the top of my head while I sip my morning coffee as an example. (laughs) But you get what I mean, right? What you feel or what you think is the right step or the right work to do for your friend, even though they would love your help, might not be what they want help with. You need to have a conversation. And for me, that's where the ethics come in, right? I am not the great and powerful Oz. Like, I'm a pretty 
kick-in, empowered, amazing witch, and I can cast some beautiful spells. And I am sometimes shocked as at the blessings that bounce around my life based on the work that I do. That doesn't mean I know what's right for everybody. And often when I weave something for myself even, I'm given back more than I would have imagined. So part of magical ethics is to talk to your friend that you want to do spell work for. And then I really feel there should be an exchange. Now the exchange doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't even have to be monetary. But at the beginning, we talked about spell for hire, right? So maybe the exchange is just that you guys have a close sisterhood and you're always giving back and forth to each other, right? Or maybe it's a token, right? Like maybe your friend gives you a crystal she knows you like, or it doesn't have to be a huge monetary thing, right? We can take this capitalistic idea out of our spirituality and we can work with the energetic flow of things. So another scenario we have is we want to do spell work for a friend. And I say to my students, well, ask your friend, talk to your friend. And my students say, well, I'm still in the broom closet. My friend does not know that I'm a witch. Or my friend is a non-believer. They're an atheist. I can't talk to them about this. So I'll just... I'll just cast this spell for them. Still not ethical, love. It's not ethical to cast a spell for them in secret. Even for your atheist non-believer friends. Like, what makes you think that they'll even receive this energy? This secret magic spell that they don't believe in and they don't want. There's a risk there, I think, even to you as a practitioner that that spell could rebound. If you don't have permission to send energy into someone's auric sphere and into someone's life, that's still your energy. The universe can definitely rebound that and ricochet that through your world. So not only is there an ethical problem, there's a bit of a spell safety problem there. You can't force someone to receive magic and you've built up this whole intention you've put all this energy you've you've sang and you've drummed and you've danced and you've you've built this energy and as you're going to send it out you know it's got to go somewhere and if you're sending it to a person who doesn't know you're casting it and doesn't believe it can ricochet right off their their protection and wreak havoc there's also a scenario that i spend a lot of time discussing with friends students. And that's the scenario where many of us have had harm done to us at the hands of others in unbalanced relationships. Many of us have had abuse. We have grown in families of origins maybe that are unhealthy, that have unhealthy patterns. And we've come to this path as a chain breaker, as someone who is working on the ancestral wounds, who is learning and relearning patterns of healthy behavior. And we have deep love for the people we see suffering in the family dynamics around us or in the relationships we have left. 
and we want to do spell work for them. And we know we can't ask for permission because maybe for our own safety, we don't talk to these people. But we also have deep empathy for others in this dynamic, right? And we want to help the abusive person or the toxic person, whatever word you want to put in here. We want to help them heal because we've gotten to that place in our own forgiveness, right? We've gotten to the place in our own healing where we actually see the threads and the patterns and have some compassion or forgiveness for the abusive person. And we want to do spell work to help free them. Maybe this is a narcissistic parent. Maybe this is a abusive person in your family. What are the ethics around doing spell work for them? Because it's not just spell work for them. It's spell work for a whole dynamic. And there's a lot of positive intention behind it. And I've had lots of conversations with people around this, people who I love dearly. And I'm going to share with you the kind of conclusion we've come up with. And I do want to hear what you guys have to think about this. And again, we're talking about positive spell work. We're not talking about binding someone. We're not talking about any kind of disruptive spell work. We may want to rescue, help, or heal people in our lives who are trapped in toxic patterns. And when we have the wisdom to see some of the origins of that, what kind of work can we do ethically on our own ancestral line and on our own family of origin in order to have deep healing and to free others? And I don't think there's a perfect answer here. I do know that sending healing or crafting a spell to create enlightenment and have that toxic or harmful or abusive person see the light and want healing and change. Based on the rest of this conversation, we know that's not ethical. We're not going to talk to them, so we don't have their consent. Not ethical. We're not working with them to unravel the patterns that are most prominent or the patterns that they're currently working on. So again, not ethical. But we can see other people in our families suffering. So how can we use our knowledge and our love and our spell work to unravel more than just our own chains. We have to consider that within a family dynamic or any kind of multiple relational or multiple generational dynamic, we have soul contracts with these people. I think we have to look at in these multiple generational dynamics where there is history of abuse or harm, we have to consider that maybe some people in this incarnation are taking on karmatic debt so that others can awaken and be freed from the chains of family patterns. Are you with me? That's pretty heavy. I'm trying to speak of this in a general way and not just in relation to what I've experienced in my own life. But I will give you a couple nuggets. So there is a dynamic within my family where there is an abusive person. 
and that person has chosen not to heal. They're aware of their patterns and they have chosen to not heal. And that means that they continue to harm, sometimes in big ways and sometimes in small ways, sometimes a big T trauma and sometimes a little T trauma, people very near and dear to me. They're not willing to heal. They've done all they're going to do in this lifetime at this point, and I have no control over that. No matter how amazing I am, I have no control over that. I've had conversations with coven sisters, and one of the things we have come up with, what I can do spell work ethically on in this dynamic, and what I think you can ethically do work on in any of these dynamics is doing blessing work for our family line and weaving that so that it goes to anyone who is working on themselves and trying to grow. Just like sending out blanket spell work that if they are working on themselves, if they are doing their own healing, it's giving them that energetic support to get through it. We came to the conclusion that ethically that feels aligned. We're not forcing our will on anyone. We're adding love and energy to a situation and we're allowing everyone within that family dynamic free will. We can always ethically work on ourselves. Every step we take into healing and nurturing and growing and learning our own self, that will always echo through our family line. That will always echo forward into new generations. And it'll even echo backwards to our ancestors. I like the idea of chain breaking using that imagery because every time we break a chain, it loosens the chains around everyone else. Our family lines and our karmatic family trees are very intricate and very interesting. And they open up a lot of ideas ethically. And I've had conversations around what are the implications of wishing healing and doing healing work on someone who is choosing not to heal, right? Maybe it's our abusive parent who stands in the righteousness that it was okay what they did and they're not willing to do the work to change their ways. We want so badly for those people to heal, but it really isn't our place to force that healing on them. And this is something to think about in these generational dynamics and these family dynamics. Sometimes people come with a contract to be miserable and dysfunctional and force other souls to rise above and force other people to grow. So maybe there's a reason that they're not healing. And it's through those conversations that I've had with my friends that we've come to the idea that when we're dealing with this intergenerational ooze and mess that many of us as lightworkers and as healers have emerged out of and want so badly to help, that ethically, the main thing we can do is almost build an energetic battery for others in our family to draw energy from when they're doing their own healing. One other ethical choice we have when unraveling chains 
is to work with ancestors. When we work with dearly departed and ancestors and send healing backwards, we can loosen chains in the present, allowing others to wiggle free. But I want you to think about this. When we do healing work on ourselves, when we do chain breaking work on ourselves, we are loosening the chains and we are freeing the generation coming, right? Every piece of work you do, every bit of healing you do, you are moving forward so that the generation of your children's and nieces and nephews, that generation has a better foundation. Every time we heal anything, it ripples forward. I want you to understand that it ripples in a circle. It doesn't just ripple forward. It ripples through your generation, your cousins, your sisters and brothers. They're getting the benefit directly and indirectly, energetically and on this real planet of your healing work. And it also works backwards. So the work you're doing on yourself is energetically rippling backwards through your parents, your grandparents, your great aunties and uncles and all the ancestors. And that's why they come forward, I feel. That's why they come forward so often in readings and healings to assist people because they're invested in your generational tree. They're invested in you. So you can always ethically do work with your ancestors. It's a way to assist those here now in this plane with you. I hope that makes sense, my loves. I hope that makes sense, okay? One of the things we need to think about and why ethics is so important is that in this New Age spiritualism, in witchcraft and in these crooked winding path that we choose to walk, the reason ethics are important is because these traditions put the responsibility in your hands. You have the agency. You are the agency of change. You are the powerful one. You are the one writing your destiny, shaping your destiny, and moving through the world, empowered, changing what needs to be changed so that you can have the best life you can with the most abundance and the most healing and the most love imaginable. And I think that it's important to talk about ethics because when we are harnessing our power and when we're moving through the world with intention, we're responsible for what we're doing. It's a shift from believing in luck. It's a shift from believing in a predestined world where unfelt, unknown, hard-to-reach deity decides if you get blessings or not. You are deciding how you are going to live your life. So ethics is very important. I hope that doesn't feel like I'm leaving you with too much of a rabbit hole. I feel like I could jump into this as a whole new topic around how we can work with the energies of our family and our karmatic trees and working with ancestors. It feels like a whole nother topic I've opened at the end of an episode. So I do apologize, love. I think the big takeaway, though, is that there's a lot of agency that we have over our lives on this path. It's a mind shift when we get to 
doing spell work and doing intention work and harnessing the power that we all have within us. Because we really can change our lives. We can create what we want in the world. We can manipulate the fabric of the energies around us. We're very, very powerful beings. We have the ability to shape our lives and create the abundance and the love and the beauty we want from this world. There are ethical implications around it. And it's a, it is a mind shift because many of us are raised with the idea that if we're good, we will be blessed or that we need to accept what fate gives us. And there's a real dynamic shift when we look at empowerment and embodying our ability to create and to change and to grow and to live our very best life. <laughs> Feels like an Oprah quote. Sorry, guys. I think I'm going to sign off. I think I've said all I'm going to say about this. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm always glad you're here. I'm interested in what you have to say on this topic, what thoughts you've had listening to this. You can continue this conversation on the Witching Half Hour or So Instagram page. You can leave comments in the show notes. We can talk there as well, which are always at the website, www jodianpsychicmedium.com there will be information going up about the events I'm doing February 28th March 8th and everything else going on the YouTube channel will have your March tarot reading for you hopefully the first week of March it'll be out and I will talk to you soon If you've been, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I lost my script. And now I have to think about what I was saying. Ugh, I don't know if I want to say that. And there was one other thing I was going to talk about. Oh. I don't know if that's a full episode. I don't know how much of this I'm going to keep. But at least we got it done. <laughs>